0: I say all of that to say that changed my life because as I got a little older and I stopped going to my grandmothers every year, I realized that that was the most formative years of my life. And those were the times that sort of made me who I am.
1: And welcome to another episode of Live Through That, the companion podcast to my book where I look at influential 90s musicians and where they are today. I'm Mike Hipple, and on this podcast, we'll dig a little bit deeper into the lives of some of the artists I feature in the book. Remember, you can get yourself a copy of the book now using the promo code PODCAST15 to get 15% off at the link that you can find uh, in the main page of the podcast. Today's guest is rapper Speech from Arrested Development. If you were anywhere around the radio in 1992, you most definitely are familiar with their big hit, Tennessee. It was everywhere that year. Speech's story today is how his youth there in a rural Tennessee town shaped him to become the artist he is today.
0: One of the things that really changed my whole trajectory in my life was growing up partially in Tennessee. Um, I grew up in a very small rural town in Tennessee, and it's called Glimp. It's a town that probably had about a 1,000 people in it, tops. And when I say rural, it was where my grandmother and my auntie and uncle all lived on my father's side. And it was no running water, So we got our water from a well where we had to get a bucket and dip it down into the well and get water from the earth, bring it back up. If we were taking a bath, we would heat it um, over an iron stove with wood in it, and we would take a hot bath. If it was numerous kids that had to take a bath, then we would take a bath in the same pail with the same water from the person before us. It had no electricity. So we would often use an extension cord from a neighbor's house, which was my aunt and uncle who did have electricity in order to use some electric items, um, sometimes like a window fan, for instance. Um, it was no plumbing. So we would have what's called the outhouse. And for those that are too young to know what that is, It's actually quite historical for every culture and everybody, but for me, uh, an outhouse was a big deal. It was a wooden structure out in the backyard that was sitting on top of a big hole in the ground. And you would use the bathroom in that outhouse. And so if you can imagine it being outside and not being indoors with heat and air and all those luxuries, there was a lot of spider webs In every corner. Many times, snakes would create their homes inside of that outhouse. And anytime you had to use the bathroom, that was where you were going. But what moved me about this rural South experience was that it was totally different from my upbringing in Milwaukee, where I was in a pretty much a suburb, um, the only Black family in an all white suburb. We definitely had running water, we had electricity. We had plumbing, and we had all the amenities that most Americans have. So what I got from it was this sense of self-determination, you know, being able to live off the land. My grandmother was a great farmer. She was a great shot. I mean, she had shotguns and pistols, and she was a gardener. She was an extremely great cook. She was resourceful, made her own ice cream. She salted meat instead of using refrigeration, which would have took electricity. She salted meat and hung it in the barn. There was flies all over the meat, but we wiped it off and ate meat straight out of the barn with salt all over it for preservation. As I said, we got water from the well. We, you know, slaughtered chickens for meat. We picked in the fields for greens and snap peas and um, you name it different things, green beans. So the experience taught me a lot about nature. It taught me a lot about just what God has already provided for us in this world and how much the earth is already prepared to give us the things that we need in our lives. Without technology, without distribution from huge grocery stores and mega farmers and all the things that we've become used to in urban areas, it taught me that we really actually already have these things. What I used to see happen all the time is neighbors sharing the abundance of things that they were growing with each other. So if one neighbor was growing pears, they would share pears with another neighbor who was growing greens and they would barter. And so poverty was relative. It was, depending on what per, you know perception you had, on what was going on. Most of the time people look at poverty and they say well you can't afford to get things and we had everything we pretty much wanted because we bartered and we grew our own things and we made our own things from scratch. As a child I, I was able to play a lot in nature and it took a ton of creativity but it was fun as hell like just jumping things and finding new places to explore Um, trying new, you know, fruits that were on the vine, finding out which fruits weren't good, which fruits were good. Like all of these different things, just um, there never was a boring day and there never was uh, a dull moment. I mean, we, we played from sunrise to sunset every single day and we had food to eat, but it wasn't plentiful. I mean, we were poor, but it wasn't It wasn't, um, I don't know, we didn't feel like we were missing out on too many things. I say all of that to say that changed my life because as I got a little older and I stopped going to my grandmother's every year, I realized that that was the most formative years of my life. And those were the times that sort of made me who I am. So all my music that I would end up creating, sort of be based on my experiences during my childhood in Tennessee. So our first video, Tennessee, you see us in the rural South and my band started in Atlanta, Arrested Development, but the first song was Tennessee. And that was based on the last place I saw my grandmother before she passed. And the last place I saw my brother who actually passed a week after my grandmother and he was at her funeral. So It was a magical place for me. It was a formative time period in my life. And um, I think I've taken that with me ever since. In my life, I believe now in self-determination. You know, I'm obviously a Black man, for those that don't know. And as a Black person, there is a lot of trauma that we face from our ancestral realities to our present day realities. Ancestry realities, just 160 odd years ago, slavery was very much the realities of this country in America, United States. And my relatives, my ancestors were very much in the mix of that. Um, In and of itself, that was 250 years of literal torture and horror. So. One might not be able to imagine, unless they're Black, just how much that still actually has an effect on every single Black person in America. Whether it's just through the stories of their ancestors, or whether it's through the lack of opportunities to this day that carried on from those eras, which were very, you know, centuries long um, eras. So it's very big. And um, yeah, for me, self determination is and has been the way that I approach getting out of that trauma and getting out of that oppression that still happens today. So my wife and I are business owners. We run our own things in Arrested Development. As a leader of that group, I wanted us to make sure we you know, ran our own business. And even when we were dealing with our major label, just making sure that we still sort of had our hand in everything we were doing. So Raza Dan was one of the original members. He was doing our logos and artwork. Early Tari who was one of the originals, she was doing all of our styling, but they were also performing on stage all the time. You know, me, myself, of course I was producing and writing and um, lead singer and vocalist, you know, so we just really were a self-contained unit and all of that came from my years in Tennessee. So I think that has been one of the most formative and foundational things of who speech is.
1: Thanks, Beach, for that story. You need to check out his recent work with Arrested Development. 2018's Craft and Optics is a true gem of a record, and they've just recently released a new record, For the FKN Love, that's filled with throwback grooves and guest appearances galore that shows the band is still at the top of their game. Now let's move on to hear what's inspiring speech these days.
0: Yeah, so the things that really inspire me lately has been Drake, (laughs) the hip-hop artist. Um, It's ironic for me personally because I believe that I was the first to really do melody in hip hop. So like my song with Arrested Development, Tennessee, I melodically rap throughout the entire song. And to my knowledge, nobody had done that before Arrested Development with me. And so Drake does that a lot in his music. I think that that sort of um, has endeared me to him in the first place. I didn't like Drake always, but once I started liking him, the thing that drew me to his music was that, number one, it was popular, and I tend to like to study popular music. And then number two, the younger generation was really into it, so it made me want to study it as an older guy. you know. And third, out of the stuff that I'd heard in hip-hop from the younger generation, his was the most vulnerable, so it was a range of emotions that he would share in his music that I didn't hear in most other people's music. So a lot of hip-hop... There's a ton of bravado and there's a ton of braggadocious rhymes, but there's very little vulnerability. There's very little um, sharing weaknesses and sharing the problems you have in your life. Most of the time it's talking about the riches you have and how you've overcome and how you're, you know, living large and the women that you can get or how strong you are, whatever, uh, where no one should mess with you. And if they do, you know, you can kill them and all of this kind of stuff. Maybe it's about drug deals that are going on. Uh, so these are the things that hip hop tends to be about. And Drake's music ironically has some of all of that, which is why I think he's so popular right now. But I but I also like the fact that there was more vulnerability in his music. And there was times when you could see um, inside of his weak spots and the things that he felt he wasn't good at or... Failed relationships, which a lot of his music is about relationships, so that's also unique about his music because most rap nowadays doesn't really go into actual relationship scenarios; it more so just talks about sex. So his goes into sex, but it also talks about relationships and how a woman might have hurt him or how he hurt her, and because he uses my uh, melodies. A lot of times you could feel the emotion a little more than if you were just sticking to words with no melody. So I like that fact. I like the fact that a lot of his music um, was unorthodox as well, Um, especially the beginnings of when I started getting into his music. It was very unorthodox. A lot of times he didn't rely on heavy hitting beats, but more so muted and filtered um, from an EQ perspective, filtered beats which was pretty unique and a little daring because in hip hop, a lot of times you really want people's heads to nod heavily and he would go an opposite route and it was still taking on. It was still being, being celebrated by millions and millions of people. The fact that he's the biggest selling rap artist, I think, or one of maybe he's one of the top two, uh, maybe Eminem is number one. I'm not sure, but the fact that he's that big also intrigued me. Um, it reminds me of Arrested Development to some extent because our first album, Three Years, Five Months, and Two Days in the Life of, was very similar in the sense of, it was very organic and um, unorthodox take on hip hop, but yet very, very well received too. So I think the Drake music reminds me somewhat of our trajectory. And it also um, intrigues me because of the the breadth of what he'll tend to talk about. So that's one thing that I've been digging. Um, Another thing for me personally is nature walks. Uh, As I said earlier, I really connected with the rural South and my experiences in nature then, and I still love it now. I mean, probably the biggest thing that I do on a consistent basis is take nature walks. I talk to myself a lot. Um, I may be crazy. I know people say if you talk to yourself, you're crazy. I just may be crazy um, because I definitely talk to myself a ton. And I talk out loud and I just talk about my life, the things that I'm wanting. Sometimes it's prayer, other times it's just talking things out to myself. It helps me to untangle my thoughts on, on, de- or decompress my stress and think about my life in a broader sense. And nature has a way of, for me, setting setting my whole human experience into some type of context that's relatable to me um, as opposed to maybe watching TV or even reading a book or listening to an audio book. Nature for me is way more effective at helping me understand who I am in the context of this big world and these billions of people that exist on it. So uh, it's probably the second thing that I would say. Third thing for me is riding. I have a Jeep and it's a Rubicon Jeep, which is like a Wrangler where you can take off the doors, you take off the hood. And all of that is very important to me because I like traveling. For some reason, it's like maybe when people were children and they were able to sleep in a car while their parents took a road trip or something. Sometimes that's the best sleep for a lot of people, and it definitely was for me. But as an adult, like just traveling through space um does something to me spiritually, emotionally, and my energy just changes when I'm able to travel through a space and um, especially in a car. So, or a bus for that matter, uh, cause I'm an artist. So I do tour buses a lot. All of those things really help me to open my mind. It helps me to open my, um, my creative thought and it sort of taps me into a higher power. And um, I love that. So I tend to write songs a lot when I'm in the car. Um, Melodies come to me easier. Many of the songs that I've ever written conceptually started in the car, like just driving around. And I personally think it's time and space travel that, that really just, it allows the mind to be unanchored to anything and allows you to just feel free. So I think it's like the equivalent of some type of psychedelic drug. Those are the things I'm into.
1: That's it for today's episode. Thank you to Speech for sharing his story and his inspirations with us. Please be sure to also check out my book, Live Through That, available everywhere now for more stories and photos. Remember, you can get 15% off using the promo code PODCAST15 by ordering at the link on the podcast page. And if you like this show, please subscribe so you'll know when the latest episode comes out. We've got lots more coming. Thanks so much. Bye.